Hold on a little longer, and Help is on its way. Amen. Thank God for, for the song of deliverance. <laughs> I told a little brother one time that worship leader, was a worship leader at another church. I said, well, you know what? I said, you need to sing songs of deliverance. The Bible says we're to sing songs of deliverance. We're to look for the brighter day, amen. And I thank God for this morning. It's a good day, amen. I was listen, Yvette and my wife and my mom and all them. We need to thank God for them, praise God. They do a good job, praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, we need to understand that God brings us together for worship. And the reason why he brings us together is to strengthen us, right? When we come together to worship, we come to be strengthened, amen. It's just not just say, I'm going to church today. You're coming to have church, amen. You're coming to be part of the church. You're coming to be part of the body that strengthens one another. So every ministry in this church is important. Whether it be prayer or worship or whatever we do, amen, it's to build us up. Praise God. So it's important that you listen to everything. If it ain't scripture, don't listen, amen. Come on, somebody. If it ain't, it ain't in the Bible, you could, don't listen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Worship is in the Bible. Worship is commanded by God. Amen. How many love the Lord this morning? Let me pray this morning before I get, I'll get off and preach before I, I do that sometime. Amen. I get a little too excited. Right, Mom? <laughs> All right. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of God and the power of worship, Father. We thank you that you're doing a do a work this morning, and we give you praise and glory for it in, in Jesus' name. I'm glad to be in church today, praise God. Listen, I'm not keep you too long, but you know what? We're going to have church, amen. We're going to hear the word this morning, praise God. I was telling Sister Pamela when she came in earlier, I said, you know, we need to start thinking about the good things God has done for us, amen, because sometimes we're so caught up in, well, COVID's killing everybody. Uh, my job is going bad. Everything's, every, you know, my children ain't serving. You know, you, you, you can't dwell on that all the time. Because I can tell you there's not one person, and I'm, I'm, I can say for this church, hasn't lost their life yet to COVID, right? Or sickness or flu or anything else. Because God is good. Listen to me, praise God. God is good. The goodness of God is where we live by, praise God. We have to depend on that every day. Me and my wife got a good home, got a good church, got a good business, got good kids. Not everything is good, but everything is God. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because there's things we go through. Sometimes God allows us to go through so he can bring us closer to him. To strengthen our faith, right? <laughs> I thought God was only in the good things. No, he sometimes is in the bad things too. <laughs> Not that he wants us there because sometimes we seem to forget who he is and what he has done. Uh-oh. Now, I'm not, uh, listen, I, I don't mean to preach to you right off the bat, but it's the truth. Sometimes we forget about the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, right? It's the goodness of God that leads us to the blessings of God. It's the goodness of God that leads us to healthy body. That's all God's mercy. Me and Jance was watching a movie this week, and it's so, it was so true. that There was one man, he, he, he was a boxer. He, he, he had millions of dollars, and all of a sudden, he lost it. And he was on the street begging, <laughs> And he, all he could do was blame God. All he could do was go around blaming God and, and, and saying, well, I had it all. God took it away from me. And that brother was talking to him. He said, what makes you think God took it away? Huh? Is it God causing you all those problems? Or is you? 
See, we can blame God for the worldly problems, but we kicked God out in 1963. He said, we don't need prayer in school no more. We don't need, we don't need the Ten Commandments on the wall. We don't need the Bible. So we, we, we expect everything to be going good. Anyhow, God is not in it. <laughs> oh. God will give us what we need sometimes to get us where we need to be, right? It's always evident when you listen to what's going on in the world, you find out through history that God has to turn the people's heart back to him. Israel backslid on God. I've been reading it out of Exodus. I'm not going there this morning, but I find out that he had more problem getting Egypt out of Israel than getting Israel out of Egypt. Because they wanted to be free, but they still wanted the world. See, Israel's a type of the world. And every time Moses had problems with them, it's what they got in Egypt. You hear what I'm saying? What they learned from Egypt. They were still carrying them false gods in their heart. They were still carrying their rebellious ways in their heart. So God had to let them go through a desert for 40 years before he can purge them out. God's word is true. I'm going to tell you something. And I'm not going to, I might get some, the only thing you're responsible for is to obey God. The only thing you're responsible for is to obey his word. That's it. Let's just put it up on the bottom. If you do what God says, I can promise you, according to his word, he'll bless you. If you do what God says, he'll prosper you. He'll take care of you. He'll meet every need that you have. That's his word. I know. My wife's there. I have had to come to the place where I had to depend on God. And you know what? He's never failed us yet. Not once. I failed him. I decided to do something maybe he didn't want me to do. Like, I went down to borrow money. I told that story already. And God told me, don't do it. And I went out. I mean, just, for weeks, man, I felt miserable. How dare you tell people to trust me? And you don't. You talk about a rebuke. <laughs> How dare you tell people to, to follow me? And you don't follow me. You don't trust me. I said, man, and three, about three weeks, I didn't even, oh, man, it was so miserable to pray. I couldn't feel God till I repented. Till I said, God, I failed you. Amen? Help me to follow you. And I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting there, praise God. I'm learning some things, okay? Turn with me. Let me see what, I, what scripture I want you all to turn to. I have it written down. I want to talk about truth this morning. And you can turn to uh, 1 John chapter 18, verse 37 and 38. Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate. Most of you that read your Bible know the story. How the, uh, Jesus was taken out of the Garden of Gethsemane. He was brought and trialed and tested and beating. And, and they did everything they could do to shame him. Try to, but he barely said anything. The Bible is very clear that Jesus spoke a few words during the time. He would never defend himself, right? Because he didn't have to. I mean, what, what, what was he going to say? But this is one time he said something, okay? And he's standing before Pontius Pilate. And look, I didn't even turn to my spot. <laughs> first, no, no, it's not first John. It's John. Did I say first John? Oh, boy. I need, you see, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I told you all. <laughs> Chapter 18. <laughs> all right and he's standing before Pontius Pilate and you know he never accused Pontius Pilate of killing him watch he was turned over to 
Pontius Pilate because of the religious people. He, he was given over to Pontius Pilate because the Sanhedrin or the, the Pharisees or, or the Jews turned him over to Pontius Pilate. Especially in the book of Matthew, you learn that Pontius Pilate wanted to let him go. He, he didn't want to kill Jesus because he wanted to please the people. He had him crucified, all right? Because the Jews wanted him dead. I'm going to say something, and I know this is going on the internet, and people, the Jews had Jesus killed. The Jews turned him over to Pontius Pilate. When he was willing to let him go, they, they didn't want him to let him go. But you know, Pontius Pilate is a man, if you see, he was a governor. And he knew, he was a professional judge. He knew how to judge matters. He knew how to deal with people. And he knew what they were about. He knew that they had turned Jesus over because of envy. They were jealous. They were envious of the Lord. Because a lot of people were following Jesus. Jesus a lot of people were forsaking the, the Sanhedrin, forsaking the, 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 the law, and starting to follow Jesus. So Pontius Pilate is standing, he's wrestling this all in his mind. And watch this. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, are you a king then? And he said, you have rightly said so, said rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. Jesus came to die, Ray. Jesus was not going to set up his kingdom. See, and, and if you read Old Testament prophecy, the, the Messiah would rule and take over the world. And he would, he would rule the governments of the world. But this is what, there had, something had to be done before that would happen. There was no penalty for sin yet. The death of Jesus brought salvation to the world. Without that penalty, without that price, there would never be salvation. Jesus had to come and die. For this purpose, I was born. And he says it like this. You, sure, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. What cause? There was a sacrifice, a payment for sin. Jesus paid that price, right? That I should bear witness to the what? The truth. Everyone who is of the truth... Hear my voice, right? Or words. Everyone that is of the truth hears my word. Why didn't the Pharisees listen? Because they was not of the truth. They rejected him. They rejected the Messiah, the one that they were waiting for. Because he was supposed to come out of their little clan, you see. He was supposed to come out of their little group. So when he came, he, he didn't have the fancy robes on. He didn't have the boxes on his hand. Scriptures tied around like the Pharisees did. They rejected him. He was a fisherman or a carpenter. He came out of Galilee where there was no prophets that came out. He didn't come out of their clan, you see. He was supposed to come on his big white horse and take over the Roman government and everything was going to be settled. It didn't happen that way. Because God knew there was something that had to be dealt with and it was called sin, right? There, has to be a, uh, there had to be a payment for sin. There had to be someone perfect. The perfect sacrifice would give his life for the sins of the world and that was Jesus. And Pilate asked him this is a simple phrase. Pilate therefore said unto him, 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. Uh, verse 38. Pilate said to him, what is true? Now watch. How many of you heard that before? <laughs> what is true? Does this church have the truth? Does the Baptist have the truth? Does the Catholic church have the truth? Does the Methodists or Presbyterians have the truth? What is true? Jesus said it just a minute. Everyone that hears my voice listens, hears the truth. Now, back in the 1900s, there was a great move of God that took place. And it's called Isuzu Street. And out of that movement came a lot of denominations. Now, this was a Pentecostal movement. This was a Holy Ghost movement. And out of that, you know, the, the, the tongues issue was coming up. And a, and a lot of other things were coming up. And though tongues is right, you don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. But because of these different denominations, they branched off, you know, one went one way, one went, and grabbed a little bit of truth and built whole doctrines out of it. We have the Pentecostal movement. I'm talking about the apostolic Pentecostal movement. They took uh, Acts 2.38 and they said, unless you're baptized, you can't be saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. Then one took another doctrine of tongues. Unless you talk in tongues, you can't be saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. <laughs> so you find out denominations started forming. Of course, they had the Baptists and they had the Catholics and they had the, the Methodists and all that. That was prior. But, but a lot of these Pentecostal denominations started springing up. The Assembly of God, the, the Church of God, the Church of Christ. All these denominations. And they were taking a little bit of doctrine and they were building their whole faith upon something. That, one scripture. A lot of time. One scripture out of, out of the Bible. And they said, that's what we believe. I tell the story. I mean, we, we went to, a, I know a little black minister. He's, he's an apostolic. And he's stuck on water baptism. He even named his street Acts 2.38. And we had a discussion, me and Boogie, with him. And, look, he got upset. <laughs> I said, I don't believe dunking somebody in water. Is going to take their sins away. Oh, man, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't tell a religious person that built his faith on one verse. And, you know, I started, I, I started thinking about it. I said, you know, I told him, I said, you know what? Without, without John 3.16, there ain't no Acts 2.38. What does that mean? Because, because John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believed in him should not perish but everlasting life. Now, you know what? The, the Acts 2.38 verse of, you know, unless you be baptized, you know what I'm saying, in the name of Jesus, you know what I'm saying, for the, for the remission of sin, you're not, you won't be saved. That verse is built upon John 3.16 because that's a shadow of what John 3.16, the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. That's what Acts 2.38 is about. People were baptized because they were dying to the world as Christ died and rose up the third day. So the shadow of Acts two, I mean the, sh the, the, the shadow of Acts two thirty eight is only a reflection of John three sixteen. Come on, somebody! If you're going to put your street, John three sixteen is the verse you need to stand on, because Acts two thirty eight reflects John three sixteen. It's the shadow of John three sixteen, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. But that, that didn't make him too happy. 
Then all of a sudden he caught himself. And I, and I enjoy talking about it because you know when you get religion in a corner, it's got to confess some truth somewhere. <laughs> and he turned around and said, oh, I don't believe throwing, putting people in water. It's baptized. It saves you. I said, that's what I told you. And then he got more mad because he realized he did not believe in Acts, <laughs> Acts 2.38. Listen, <laughs> it sounds confusing, but he was, he was caught up on that one verse. And his whole fate was on that one verse. And denouncing or rejecting the whole rest of the Bible. This is a full gospel church, right? What does that mean? It means it teaches the whole counsel of God. Acts 2.38, John 3.16, Romans 10 verse 9, if I confess, it's the whole counsel of God. So we have to take everything and balance it out to one thing, truth, right? So, what is truth, Pilate asked Jesus? You know truth if you hear my voice, because I'm telling you the truth. So I got to look at truth on this basis. If Jesus didn't say it, it's not true, right? If Jesus didn't say it, it's not true. If Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God will raise him from dead, you shall be. If Jesus didn't say that, it's not true. Well, Paul said that, but Paul was preaching the gospel. He's presenting repentance to the people. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to keep chapter 1 on first. I want to bring us to a place. Do we believe the same thing? Is everybody in this church in agreement? Come on. Watch. If this church is going to succeed, it's got to believe the same thing. We got to believe the same thing. Watch. I'm going to show you something real quick. Something that caught to my attention. Man, I'll tell you what. Sometimes something hits you like a ton of bricks, right? In verse 10, Paul is addressing the church that started following different preachers. <laughs> what? They said, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'll follow Paul. Or I follow Peter. Or I follow, you know, Apollos. And Paul had to correct them. said, you carnal. Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? The whole addressment is that he's trying to correct people. You don't follow me. He said once that you follow me for I follow Christ. If you don't follow Christ, then you don't follow him. But I am not the worshiper. I'm not to be worshipped. I'm not the one you're sending your attention to. Because most people, they, they look at a preacher, and when a preacher falls, they fall with him. Look what happened in the you know, 1980s with Brother Swaggart. Thank God he got it right, but everybody had his, their attention on Brother Swaggart. And when he fell, a lot of Christians fell with him. Now, I know that grieves his heart today. I, I heard his, them to testimony about you know, I believe the man repented. I believe he's a fine man of God. I'm not, I'm not knocking what he's doing now. I'm talking about when we make a decision to follow a man, you can look. When that man's going to fall, we're going to fall, right? Don't follow me because if I fall and you follow me, you're going to fall. I don't want you to follow me. God help it if you do, praise God. I'm going to bring a truth out because men are not to be worshipped. Paul is addressing this matter. And he puts it in this one thing. What are we to believe? Verse 10 says this. 
If Cole Holmes is going to make it as a body, as a people, as a church, you know, this is what we need to do. He says in verse 10, where it says, uh, let me get my spot. I plead with you, brethren, almost like I'm begging you, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all do what? Same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye all be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning some of you by those uh, uh, Cleo's household that there are contentions among you. Now, what's the, what is the problem? What contention? He's talking, there was, there was somebody, they were fighting among each other. Because they were following the wrong thing. Some was following this preacher. Some was following that preacher. Some followed this religion. Some followed that religion. Some thought we should keep the law. Some thought we should flee from the law. And it was all about fighting one another. Some thought you, you, you should be circumcised. Some said you didn't need to be circumcised. Listen, truth is what matters. If the truth is not in God's word, then it's a lie. Right? Because you see, like I said earlier, a lot of churches, they take one verse. The whole thing of the UPC and the apostolic movement is that one verse, Acts 2.38. That's all they know. They don't seem to have to understand that this is not salvation. This is a symbol of a person being made right. You've been made right, so you go get baptized, okay? And he said, when you baptize for the remission, because you've been forgiven. Because you, that word for means because your sins have been forgiven. And when you look at stuff like that, and you ask yourself a question. What is truth? Does the Baptists have the truth? Does the Catholics have the truth? Does this church have the truth? What is truth? That was a simple question that, that uh, Pilate asked Jesus. Because the truth mattered, right? Now, now this is something I'm dealing with in my own life because I, try, I want to judge things according. When a man says, well, you know, we believe Jesus died on the cross. That's fine. The Catholic Church believes that. The Baptist Church believes that. And the major religions, in one way or another, include Jesus in their worship. All right? So you go look at all these different denominations and churches. They'll have Jesus somewhere in their worship. Could, could just having Jesus there make a difference? No. You've got to have his word. Come on, somebody. You got to have what Jesus said. If what Jesus said is not in the church, it's not God's church. Right? <laughs> Let me see that one. If Jesus, what Jesus said is not in the church, it's not God's church. Now, I know churches are growing and they're changing and they're learning. We all have to learn that, praise God. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure everything in this church that said wasn't perfect. But we correct our hearts. We deal with our hearts. We deal with the word of God. We say, God, what, is you, what do you want? What is your truth? What is, you, what is truth? All right. <laughs> Speak the same thing. Believe the same thing. The same mind. The same heart. Look, let me ask you a question. When you look at me, and God, and I know you have to judge me based on the word of God, right? Is Brother Lenny telling the truth? And listen, if I'm not, tell me. Show me. If you can prove it in the word of God, I'll repent. 
I made my mind up a long time ago. I, I, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, okay? I don't want to be touched something that is not right. I'm going to share something with you, but since I've been here in all my Christian walk, I heard a lot of truth. But I did pick up some error, okay? But I heard a lot of truth. But I've seen the truth prevail against the error. I've seen the truth expose itself and say, this is what's right. That's why I'm like I am. Because I know if I have to judge, you have to judge me. People say, you, no, no, you don't judge me. No, that's, a, that's not what he said. You have to see what I'm saying is right, right? You have to judge me and say, Brother Lenny, the, the Bible don't say that. And, well, come show me. I want to know. I want to know because I don't want to be in error. I don't want to be out of God's will. I want to know what God says. I might have not heard that. I might have not learned that yet. Right? So some of, you know, I got truth, but I, maybe I don't have it all the way yet. You know what truth is? I'm going to tell you what. You, truth is something that grows, okay? You learn the common truth of Jesus dying on the cross. You started there. You gave your life to him. Now you're learning more truth and more truth and more truth. It always brings it back to that one, that one incident, okay? Let me share something with you, and I know people are going to hear it, and I'm not going to apologize. Denominations bring division, right? That's what it does. Because the word denomination comes from the word we take from common denominator. If you know math, you know that a common denominator, if you could take two and put it into four and put it into six and put it into eight and put it into ten, you know, it, it comes down to evenly dividing something, in another number into another number and another number. But we have a common denominator in a lot of denominations. And a lot of them believe Jesus died on the cross. Okay? And they believe that he, he paid for our sins. But they don't go, the common denominator changes when they start adding things, or divide, bringing things that are not supposed to be there. They throw the whole mad problem off. That's where we get our word denomination. Denominator. Because a denominator is a common you know, it's, 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 it, you, you, you agree on something, okay? You agree on a, on a common denominator. You're trying to get that mad problem to fit into that common denominator. But some people are starting to put uh, uh, five into two, and you can't do it evenly, right? You can't take a five and put it into a three or, or whatever. You have to have a number that fits in the common denominator. But what happened with denominations, they've gotten way off. And he started trying to put something in, this, in, 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 in the common denominator that won't belong there. don't fit. Right? So what happens with that? They refuse to give it up. Like the water baptism issue. The apostolics and the Pentecostals, they refuse to give it up. The Baptists refuse to give up once saved, always saved. The Catholics refuse to not pray to Mary. There's just something that, why can't we do what Jesus said to do? Even though they started with the right common denominator, they, 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 they divided the wrong numbers. They, they added the wrong, they can't fit. You can't put false doctrine into the truth, right? And you're going to lose. You're going to lose the common denominator. <laughs> because you're going to put your faith in what you figure the number goes into. And, and it don't fit. Can't put a, you can't put a, a five into two, Right? Can't put, you, 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 can, you know, and I look at that stuff and I say, wait, wait a minute, there's something wrong when we start. The, the denominations have divided the, the gospel. 
they've divided the church. You know, I almost ask myself that question. To be honest, there's things I wrestle with, seriously. As a pastor, as a husband, as a father, I find out that when we started doing that, we started losing the power of God. Because when we started holding on to things that didn't bring life, even though I loved Acts 2.38, wonderful verse, but you can't have it without John 3.16. See, if you're preaching Acts 2.38 and you're drawing people's minds toward what the baptism, it takes them away from the cross, right? It takes them away from what, who saved them, right? I love the message of the cross. I'm going to tell you the reason. But I'm going to tell you right now, Moses had a problem with, with a similar. See, if you keep saying the message of the cross, the mess, people tend to want to put their eyes on that wooden beam. And that's the danger in it. But you, if you say, I, I, I'm here to honor the sacrifice, the message from the cross, one little word could change the whole, the whole meaning of, of, of the message. Now, if I look at the message of the cross, just the outward form, all I see is death and judgment. Because Jesus said everything is, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. Come on, somebody. What is the message of the cross itself? I'm not talking about the sacrifice. I'm just, if you just go with the message of the cross, what is that cross giving you a message of? Judgment, right? Now, if you say the message from the cross or of the cross, you change the whole, the whole perspective. You see, we can do like Moses did. Moses made that golden serpent. He put it on his moment. The snakes were biting people. And Moses said, the Lord said, make a golden serpent, put it on a stick. And when the people look at the serpent... They'll be healed. The serpent couldn't heal them. The golden serpent, it was, it was to show you a principle. Right? If we just look at the cross and don't stop with the sacrifice, then that's what we're going to do, the same thing. And, and, and they got off into worshiping that serpent. They got on, one of the kings came around and, and he, he had it destroyed. Because they took what God meant for the good and they turned it to worshiping something else. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me this morning? They took truth and they added idolatry to it. And then they like the church today. Listen, it shocks me to hear what some preachers are saying. It's blaspheming. That's what it is. Because if Jesus has the truth and Jesus tells us to do something, listen, all I got to do, listen, let's pick your Bible up, you've and That's what you got to do. That's what you, that's what you have to follow. You might not understand it all. That's why you come to church to learn. Or you read it and you study it yourself. If truth matters, if Pilate said what is truth, who is he asking that to? The truth maker. The direct truth. The way the truth in the life. That's who he was addressing. I'm going to actually do something now. Seriously. As you walk with God. And this is, this, is a, this is an eternal thing for you. When you hear something, ask yourself, does Jesus say that? Is it in God's word? Because they got a lot of strange things. I'll be honest with you. they got a lot of strange things coming up. And it takes away from the power of the common denominator, which is Jesus. All right? When we start saying, well, Jesus died on but if you don't do this or you don't do that or you don't say this or you don't do it baptized in a certain name, 
We're taking away from the common denominator. We all, listen, Catholics believe that Jesus died on the cross. The Baptists believe that Jesus died on the cross. The, the Methodists believe he died on the cross. You know, even the Jehovah's Witnesses, deceived as they are, believe that Jesus died on the cross. They don't believe he's God, but they, they're taking away. You're taking that common denominator and you're getting away from it. You're trying to add something that don't fit. You understand what I'm saying? Denominations bring division. Denominations bring division. I've heard this argument. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to compose myself. <laughs> oh, it don't. We just agree on what we, we, we agree on what we, we, we agree on. We disagree on what we disagree. Listen, what are we, if we're disagreeing on the thing that matters, what, what is that going to do for us? If we just shove off ha half of the truth that Jesus spoke, are you going to grow? Are you, are you going to grow in the Lord? This is a full gospel church. I said it earlier. We believe what the Bible says. And listen, this Bible talks about a lot of stuff. I preached last Sunday. It, this is a holy God we serve. This is not a God of world. This is the, the, the God of all gods, man. This, this is, he's holy. He demands holiness from his people. I'm going to bring me a rag. I'm going to spit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he might get soaking wet before I finish with it. <laughs> All right. But let me, let me go on. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> I look kind of stupid. <laughs> Acts chapter 1 verse 4. I'm not going to keep it too long, seriously. I want to... If I achieve anything as a pastor in this church, is to tell you what truth is, okay? If I'm out of line, if I'm not in, in truth, let me know. God is a good God, amen? And he wants to give us truth. That was, that's what matters, amen? Listen, it don't matter what I say. It's got to be what God says, right? And believe me, I've gotten it stuck in my spirit. His word does not change. His word is settled in heaven. It's not going to change because of me. It's not going to change because of a Baptist or a Catholic or a Methodist or a Presbyterian, whatever you are. Whatever people. And you know, people are so proud. I'm a Methodist. I'm Catholic. I'm Baptist. Well, so what? Big deal. You know, they hold to that denomination. Right? They hold, they hold to that like, like, like that's a shrine, man. Like you worship, they worship that thing. I'm a this, I'm a that. Listen, Paul said, only thing I want to know among you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want to know nothing among you. Listen, I'm going to tell a story. I got, I mean, and I think I told it before. There's a lady who was, was just going to preach me. And Sister Janice had a uh, women's abuse clinic. And man, I was talking to a lady. She said, well, are you, I said, you born again? I'm Catholic. Listen. And she turned down and said, I said, well, I had to sit there and said, being a Catholic don't save you. <laughs> and, it, and when I finished it, she, I prayed with her, but she, she must have been vindictive. She went and, she, and they, they told me not to go back. And this was Christian people running this thing. They, one lady called me a Pharisee. I said, what have done? What have done? Because <laughs> you can't depend on a denomination because you belong to something. You can't be saved sitting here calling yourself part of this church. You're saved by the truth of Jesus, right? 
What is true? That's a question that a lot of people ask in a day. Because you know what? Religion has confused everything. We, what Bible do you read? Uh, do you read the right Bible? Uh, who's telling the truth? Is, you know, this one's telling the truth. Now one's telling the truth. There's only one truth, and that's Jesus. Come on, someone. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had one commandment in the whole Bible when Jesus made the water and the wine. And she said, there's no more wine. She says, what did I do with you, woman? My, my time is not yet. And she looked at his disciples and the rest of them and said, whatever he says, do it. <laughs> that's, what, that's the only commandment she gave in the whole Bible. Whatever he says, do it. Not what I say or what this one says or that one says, what he says. If I can't drill in you the, 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 uh, the faith in God's word, I'm, I'm, I'm failing as a pastor. Seriously, I'll be honest. If I can't get you to trust the Lord, and trust what he says. I'm just playing a game. I'm just, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm playing a part. I'm a hypocrite. Because Jesus talks about, you know what hypocrisy is, huh? That's where we get our word actor from. You see them people on TV, on the movies? That's not really them. They're just playing a part. They're, they're, they're acting. I don't want to be that way. I want, to be, I want to be what Jesus called me to be. I want to be real. I mean, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be on truth. I don't have to look for the newest fad that's coming down the pipe. I don't have to look for a, a fancy preacher to, to listen to. I just want to know the truth. That's, how many? Listen, how many of you just want to know the truth? Who is truth? Gee, Pilate. <laughs> he wasn't a stupid man, said the cat. We look at Pontius Pilate. He was a, a governor, he's an idolater, but he had, he, he had, the, the, he had the, the most profound question to, for Jesus than any, anybody in the Bible. What is true? Because this man was a professional. He knew, he dealt with different religions and they all claimed to have the truth. But he looked at Jesus and there was something about him that didn't, didn't, didn't it wasn't like the rest of them. Right? He wasn't like the rest of them. And the book of Matthew says that his wife had a dream. He said, don't have nothing to do with this just man. Because I, t I, I, I had a bad dreams about him. That's, and don't, listen. Gee, he washed his hands. He, said, he says, I washed my hands. And you know what the Jews did? His blood be upon you, upon us and upon our children. You know who's the most persecuted, most slaved, enslaved people on this planet? It's not the African Americans. The Jews. But they took the blood of Jesus upon themselves. They said his blood be on us and upon our children. My God. They were that arrogant in their religion to think that they can escape God's judgment. They brought judgment upon their whole race, their whole families, all the Jews. Because they said the, we're going to take responsibility for his death. See, honestly, Pilate had him killed. No, Pilate didn't kill him. Pilate just, just did what the Jews wanted him to do. The Jews had him killed. Do we love the Jewish people? We think they're God's people. They're blessed of God. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But the point is that when you reject the gospel, when you reject the truth, judgment comes. And when you say, well, I must keep my religion no matter what anybody says. Oh, come on. I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what the Bible says. I, must, I like my religion. I'm going to keep it. But is it true? <laughs> you see, I, listen, 
we always want to play this, this uh, judge in the world. We want to say, well, this one's that, and this one's that, and that one does this, this religion does. What about us? What about this church? I thank God. I believe he was founded on a good foundation. He still is, praise God. But we never lose the fact that Jesus is the only truth. How did I find out what the Bible says? Well, you got to read it. <laughs> huh? you got to make a, 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 a plan, a, a system where you can study the Word. Read it. Just read it. Just read it. You know who's the greatest preacher, Kevin? His name is Jesus. <laughs> you know who's the greatest miracle worker? His name is Jesus. You know who's the, the greatest promise giver? His name is Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Listen, I had, you know, we wrestle with who Jesus is, okay? And I don't want to get on that, but, you know, I, the Bible says that he is God manifested in the flesh, which his name is Emmanuel. But how can you worship Jesus in God? Because when you see Jesus, you see everything God is. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you can't honor the Father without the Son, and you can't honor the Son without the Father. You know what, I'm going to be honest with you, this is what I got. I was watching me and Janice a movie about, about Jesus, and he had a picture of Jesus on the cross. And God told me, see, that's who I am. Though he's the son. But Jesus said, when we told Philip, says, uh, show us the Father. That it suffices us. In, in, book of, uh, first, uh, in John chapter 14. He said, Philip, have I been so long with you? And have you not known me? When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. <laughs> My Lord. You see, John's book is a lot more personal than the rest of the, 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 the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because it deals with the heart of Christ. That's why I tell every new believer, when you, wanna, when you get born again, go in the book of John. Find out who Jesus is. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father. I am, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh. Who's that? That's Jesus. What, is the, what does the Bible call him? The, he calls him God. That's true, okay? I might not understand it all. Kathy. <laughs> I'm beyond honest with you. I start saying, well, <laughs> but you see, you can't see it in your own carnal way. You have to understand the unity between God and, 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 and the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. They're God in all three. <laughs> That's just the basic, the best I could come out until anybody showed me any different. When you see Jesus, you see God. When you see the Holy Ghost, you see God. When you see the Father, you see God. That's true. Well, how important is that? Because you understand worship doesn't just consist of one, you worship the Father and the Son. Now, when you make a request, Jesus said, Go to the Father in my name. I don't believe you should. Jesus tells us to go to the Father. We have a request. We go to God in the name of Jesus. But it's here. Which, let, me, let me go on. I said Acts verse, uh, chapter 1 verse 4. Being assembled together with them. Talk about the upper room. After Jesus died, the disciples, 120 of them gathered in this upper room. And he commanded them not to depart. But to wait for the promise of the Father. Which said, he's, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost 
Oh, the Holy Spirit, not many days. Now watch, I'm going to show you something. Why I read that? Because he said, you've got to wait for something, right? And you've got to sit there and wait till it happens. If they, this is true. Now, I'm not, I'm not making this up. You read it for yourself. What are they waiting for? The Holy Spirit. Now, what gives the churches and denominations to, to tell you that we don't need the Holy Spirit no more? But if, it was, if it, the power was there when it needed to start the church, why don't we need it now? I can't, in my mind, figure that out. Well, you know what, Belay? We have the common denominator, Jesus. Now we're going to figure out how to do it without him, right? <laughs> we're going to do it without the leading of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have our, our, our programs and our, you know, our, our system, and you know, our, we'll do it a certain way. And, you know, and what happens? The Holy Spirit dies in the church. And there's no healings. There's no salvation. There's no power. But now we don't have to prove faith. We don't have to. We just can say things like it's done away with. You know what that is? That thing of, you've heard that said where, where it said, uh, uh, we don't need to, that was for the apostles. Miracles are done away with. You know what that is? That's a sorry excuse for doubt. Because they don't have enough faith to believe God for miracles. So they'll make this up so it can cover their unbelief. That's a lie. That's not true. The Holy Spirit is needed in the church. If there's no power, there's no God. Come on, somebody. If there's no Holy Ghost, there's no God. You can say the things that Jesus said, and it might be true, but you don't have the word, the power to back it up. Paul said, I come to you in power and in deed. I didn't come to you with just words, but in power. The demonstration of the power of God. That's true. No power, no God. No Holy Ghost, no God. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 1. Right next door. Chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 1. You can't get God moving with a divided church, Right? And one of the reasons why I'm reading that because I'm talking about denominations this morning. What did denominations do to the gospel? It divided the church. Because one grabbed something, he went with it, and somebody else followed him. They all divided. They all went their own way, forming these different, I don't know how many, how many Christian denominations you got in America today. A lot. Why can't we just stay with what the Bible says, Right? Why can't we stay with the common denominator, Ray? Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and what he said. I mean, why we got to go off and try to take, and using, using scripture to deceive people. I'm not going to get to it, but in Matthew it says that when he talks about the end time, many shall come saying, I am Christ, or saying Jesus is the Christ, and deceive many. They're going to have Jesus. They're going to talk about Jesus. They're going to preach about Jesus. But they're going to deceive many. Oh, just so they say they believe in Jesus. No, that ain't true. You got to believe his word. Just because they say that, you know, I tell you what, there's a lot of, a lot of so-called Christian songs. Just because it mentions Jesus' name, that don't make it a Christian. Right? Just because they mention Jesus in one form or another, that don't make it gospel. Oh, but they talked about Jesus. They said something about Jesus. If you got a strain to hear a message just to hear Jesus' name one time in a song, turn the stupid thing off. Come on, somebody. 
You don't need to listen to a Jesus. You need to listen to the message of Jesus, right? If Jesus in, Jesus in his message, you can't separate them, right? I know <laughs> I'm almost here, I promise. I might just be the last one, <laughs> sorry. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? One accord. What did that mean? They believed, they thought, they prayed, and accepted the same thing, right? right. See, you can't, you can't have truth with half-truth. There's more deception going on because they use half-truth. Come on, they have that common denominator, Jesus. But they don't believe what he said, right? That they don't believe in his word. They, they just want some way to be saved. They take that common denominator and they, they stay on that, but they don't, they don't want the rest of it. Boy, look, when I go to... Uh, <laughs> what's that restaurant we go to... Uh, uh, we all had seafood in, in Lafayette. Oh. Fizo. Oh, man. That is the most seductive restaurant in the business. You got to look at all this stuff and you got to say, what do I want? What do I want? <laughs> Can't eat it all. But you take a little of this and a little of that. <laughs> you might like coffee shake too fate till your plates fall in. And there comes another person with crabs, piled up ball crabs. But you can't eat it all, right? But if you go get a little bit of everything, it's, it's more pleasurable. But it's the same thing with the Word of God. You've got to eat the whole thing. You can't just go and pick and choose what you like, right? And I wonder why sometimes I'm missing the presence of God in my life like I want to feel it. Because maybe I'm eating, eating something I don't like or that I shouldn't eat. Do you have that problem? Right? When you think something's missing, I'm praying, I'm reading. But are you believing? See, they got people read the Bible all over the world, but do they believe it? They even got some politicians. They'll get up and quote a verse. You ever heard them do that? But it's totally opposite from what it says. <laughs> because they're not believing what Jesus is trying to teach us, right? But he says, we want to be in one mind. Let's imagine today. Let's take America, okay? What if America was born, the whole country was born again today? And they said, we're going to believe Jesus. They all get filled with the Holy Ghost. They all start reading their Bible. They all, this country would change in one day. You would see such a, a change of righteousness and holiness. You know what I'm saying? A desire for God. The, 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 the casinos would go out of business. The barrooms would go out. The whole houses would go out of business. Come on. Because you know why? Because we believe what Jesus said. And we do that, we, things happen. If I believe and you believe what Jesus said, this church will feel it. So you're part of this body. We have to, we have to be under the umbrella of God's mercy, right? We've got to be under the umbrella of God's grace. And all of that comes along with obeying the Lord, right? If you believe in grace, grace produces righteousness. Grace produces a holy life. Grace, my God, produces obedience to God's word. That's what grace does. When you do that, listen, people say, I'm saved by grace. I can live like I want. I'm still not going to heaven. Hallelujah. I hate to lie. To, I'm not lying to tell you the truth. I hate to break your bus, your bubble. If you just think grace enough and that's all you're claiming and don't produce a holy life, you're not going to heaven. 
there's nothing changing, there's no God. If there's no change, there's no God. I'm almost finished. <laughs> and when the day of Pentecost was fully, were fully come, they were all in one place, one accord, one agreement. They believed in one thing, right? They believed in Jesus. They didn't believe in Jesus, but. They didn't believe in Jesus, yeah, but I think this and that. No, they just believed Jesus, right? They believed Jesus. And a sound from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, filled the house where they were. Whoo! <laughs> we want the Holy Ghost. We want the power of God. We got to come in one mind. And one accord. I believe everybody in here believes Jesus. I believe everybody knows the truth is in, uh, what you need. To, that's all I'm talking As a body, if Code of Homes is going to make a difference, we have to be in one mind and one accord. You got to agree with me and I got to agree with you that the word of God is first. Right? And believing in that word will bring the whole spirit of God down. See, the, see if they'd have got in that upper room and they were, they were divided, well, I think I'm going to... I'm going to keep this. You, you know, they start dividing Jesus' words. What's going to happen? There's no Holy Ghost move. There's no Pentecost. If they start figuring out what they think Jesus' words mean, well, I think it means this, and I think we ought to do this, and I think we ought to go here. There would have never been a day of Pentecost. The church wouldn't even been born. There would have been no Holy Ghost. There would have been no birth of the church. It was birthed because they agreed what Jesus taught and what, he, what his word said. Oh, but yeah, but that's, it's more than, no, it's not more than that. They had to come in one mind and one accord, one agreement. They had to agree in what Jesus taught, right? And what he said. That was it. And that would put most of the denominations out of the room. I'll be lying, I'm not lying to you. Denominations divide. What if they have said that day, well, look, uh, we, you know, we... We believe, you know, but let's, let's start us. I, I think it ought to be interpreted this way, and I think it ought to be interpreted that way, and I think it ought to be interpreted that way, and I think it ought to be interpreted that way. And what would happen? You would get denominations. You would get sex and, you know, not sex, but sex, sets. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Little clans popping up here and there, forming their own belief system, right? And the church would have never been born. But before that happened, they had to be in prayer and they had to be in agreement, right? They had to believe what Jesus taught. And a rushing wind came down. But if we can only have it like the day of Pentecost, well, let, let, we can't have it if we'd only believe and stand on God's word. We have to come in prayer. Most Christians don't pray. Uh oh. Most Christians don't read their Bible. That's why they can, they, can, they can accept any fly by the night that comes around because they don't know what it says, right? I still questioned myself a lot about it. And I said, how? But I know now, how could thousands and thousands and thousands of people sit under these so-called preachers? You know, doggone well, they're not teaching the Bible. But, you know, it's because they don't read it. They, they're just accepting the mouth of a, what's coming out of the mouth of a man. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? Most people are deceived because they don't know. They don't read. They don't study God's word. People are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They won't search it out themselves. 
I thank God. I've been through the Bible a, a, lot, a few times. I don't know how many times, but I went through a lot of it. If I wouldn't have the Word to teach me, I'd be following everybody else. Come on, somebody. Because I'd believe in what a man says. See, most of these religions, especially these prosperity movement people, they all got a common denominator. Jesus is supposed to be the center of their worship. But where did he go with it? They divide the church because they're teaching things that God never intended the church to be taught. Because we've made the church selfish. We made it fleshly. It appeases to the flesh. Tell me how I'm, I can be, I'm good. Tell me how I can be rich. Tell me how I can, you know, get all the blessings of God in my life. Tell me, tell me that. I like that. Tell me smooth things. Don't tell me about hell. And this, that, don't, that don't play right. Tell me about sin. That don't, that don't go into my vocabulary. I, can, I guess that's how you say it. I'm still a Cajun. I'm still learning how to talk. But anyway, it don't, it don't fit in what I want to believe. I don't care what you want to believe. You better believe what Jesus said you tell you to believe. See, if you believe what I believe and we both believe what Jesus believes, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have fellowship, Right? We'll, we'll worship together. We'll, we'll, we'll pr bring the praises to God down because our hearts are right. You can close your Bible. And you can read things. I mean, if you want to write a few verses down, I have uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, uh, chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. I'll actually say division is a sin, right? And if denominations are involved with division, they're in sin. What if every denomination would stop and say, listen, let's get rid of all this stuff. Let's start with the Bible again. Let's start with the Holy Ghost again. Let's start with unity again. Let's start believing. Man, you talk about it could change and turn the country upside down, man. But, you know, you're so caught up in, you know, so caught up in, in, in stuff that Jesus don't want us in. He don't want us. To, listen, if we can't put our faith completely in Jesus and what he said, I don't care if it's the Pope. I don't care if it's Jimmy Swaggart. I don't care if it's anybody. If it ain't Jesus, it ain't God. And if it ain't, it ain't his, his word, Pilate said, what is true? Do you ever ask yourself that question? I mean, see, I don't want anybody to ask it already. What is true? Jesus said, thy word is true. His word is true. That's all you got to worry about. Seriously. Seek God. Seek Jesus. Seek his truth. Seek his Holy Spirit. And don't worry about all that stuff that's going out there, trying to find fads and, and, and programs. We don't need all that stuff. We don't need it. We need the truth. We need the spirit. We need the, the Lord Jesus. That's all we need. Oh, that's so religious. No, it's not religious. It's truth. If that don't stir you up to get a desire for God, then you're religious. You're looking for some system or some, some fad to get you going. Why? I sit there right there. I was worshiping. Listen, I, I focus on Jesus. I focus on the Father. Because that's the only thing that really matters. Worship is, that's what it matters. <coughs> if, I, if I can't worship the Father, then I'm not of God. Come on, somebody. Then sometimes we get dry. I've been in them valleys. You know what I'm saying? I had to, had to depend on the Word to, to, to stir me up. The Spirit to stir me up. Because sometimes we do get dry. That don't mean you're lost. You're just going to a valley. I mean, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to condemn anybody. You're going to a trial. You're facing. Listen, sometimes you have to go through a desert to get back on the mountain. Like that song my mama sings. <coughs> he's not only God in the mountain, he's God in the valley sometimes. I'm in the valley a lot sometimes. But I, I'm not, I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. I got to keep my eyes on Jesus.
Remember Peter? Oh, Peter. That was a tough old cookie. Peter thought he knew how to believe God. When he came to find out, he denied him. <laughs> Three times. You don't think Peter was in the valley? <laughs> he was on the top of the mountain. I'm Peter, the rock. And all of a sudden, he's in the dump. But God got him in the dump. Sometimes the place where God gets your attention is when you're in the, in the valley. We all go through valleys, right? We all face. But what is true? The Lord, that's the name of that message. And people that listen, what is true? Who has the truth? I don't have it. Jesus has it. <laughs> the Pope don't have it. Jesus has it. Preachers don't have it. Jesus has it, right? Jesus has it. Jesus says he is the only way to the Father. That's what he says. It's not a preacher. It's not a priest. It's not, it's not Mary. It's not Joseph. It's, not, it's none of those. It's Jesus, right? <coughs> Jesus said that. I didn't say that. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but through me. I'm the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen? <coughs> I'm going to ask you something. How do you see? Do you see the Father that way? Do you see the truth that way? Go back and examine your heart. That's all you got to do. Lord, if I put my trust in anything but you. I know it's a hard message, but it's the truth. I, I'm in that same boat. Praise God. I don't think I don't. I, I, I'll preach to myself. All right? I got to examine myself. Lord, am I believing your word? I ask a lot of people, and they, they, they don't have no problem answering. Or, do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. No, do you believe him? They get quiet. A lot of them, 80% of them just get quiet. Because I can believe in God and not believe him, right? I can believe in God and not believe him. Oh, it's nice to say there's a God. We all believe there's a God, but do we believe him? Are we holding to his word? Those that come to God must believe that he is. And he's a reward of them that do what? Diligently seek him. How are you going to get the truth if you don't seek him? How are you going to find out truth if you don't seek him? Amen. You can stand up. Praise God. I got some more, but I'm going to stop because I believe I've, 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 the Lord brought enough out to understand. For you to understand that there's only one way. Jesus is that way. All you're responsible for, Ray, is find out what Jesus said. When a man says something, well, let me see what Jesus says. You can find it. You can find it. You know, like I, I pass all those. It's just scriptures. I don't have no more. I, those little promise books, they, they work wonders, man. I, I'm having a financial problem. Well, go see what Jesus says. I have a physical sickness in my body. Go see what Jesus says. And I like that because it lays out just scripture. It just lays out scripture. And there's no opinion about nothing. It just, it just tells you what, what you're dealing with. I, I, I recommend it to everybody. I'm about to buy some more. Because it gets a person a chance to see. If you're looking for an answer and you don't know how to study scripture, like it tells you, it does it for you, man. It just tells you straight. You know, you have marital problems? Look what Jesus says. Come on, you have family problems? Look what, you have business problems like we do? Look what Jesus says. And it, all it does is lay it out in the scriptures. Everything is indexed for you. You know, you can look on faith. You can look on on. on Salvation, you can look on hope, you can look on, you know, peace. You can, that's everything there. Because not everybody's a Bible scholar and they struggle to search for things, but that would be the easy way to do it. 
Amen.